0: Good morning, everybody. Hey, thanks so much for making this a priority, for being with your church family on, uh, Online during these weird times, I think it's awesome to see the number of people who are making church time a priority. I also want to take a minute to thank Patrick. Uh, Patrick, uh, you've been a boss. In fact, right now he's involved in some technical things right now to make this service happen. Even though we're not in the same location, and so that's really cool that he's able to do that. And uh, I just want to thank him for his time and for his family being hospitable to uh, to our whole church family. Like they officially win the hospitality award because we've all been in their house for the last two weeks. Um, But hey, we're here. We got a new setup now, and uh, we'll see how long this takes us. And let's get into a new teaching series. Let's get into some teaching this morning. So of all the things that I am missing the most, and I'm trying to figure out what am I missing the most during this weird season of COVID-19 and all that, uh, one of them is probably going out to eat. Like, it's a big treat for my family. We love to go out to eat sometimes. My wife is an amazing cook. She cooks uh, food from scratch all the time. But you know that treat when you're just like... I want to go out to eat to a restaurant, and our restaurant of choice—I've made no secrets about this—is Islands. We love, and we've we've continued to go there to patronize them, even though it's just pick up, and then we we actually sit in the car and eat it in the parking lot because we're like we're at Islands right now. Can you see it through the window? Um, but uh, you know, a type of restaurant that I don't think is going to get much traction for a little while are the buffets, and I feel bad for them. I'm sure they're working out working out ways that they can, you know, have pickups and things available. But the beauty of the buffets is you get to go back, right? And that's something we can't do right now. But I have a love-hate relationship with the buffet restaurant. I think you know what I mean. Uh, there, there are the classic, like, homegrown, there's, like, 20 grandmas in the kitchen, and they're all making, like, this amazing southern food. Uh, if you're watching this and you're not from the south and you've never been to a southern food buffet restaurant, you are missing out on some of life's greatest gifts. I'm telling you. Uh, but then there's, like, the fast food type buffets, you know, the CC's pizza or, or the grandfather of, of them all, Golden Corral. I definitely have a love-hate relationship with Golden Corral. Uh, I have a system at Golden Corral, and it is get everything twice. That's my system. <laughs> and, but I have a problem with all buffet restaurants, and this is my problem. I will go, and I, I find that like I'll make multiple trips back and forth to the, uh, to the buffet all in my first trip, and I'll come back to my table, and i got like five plates sitting there. And I'm like, I can't eat all this. This was a bad decision. I shouldn't have made this decision. Like I should. And, and, and I like to make my place really crazy at go and cry. Like I love to. I love to get uh, French fries is my favorite food and, and fried okra. Anything fried is a pretty good plan. Uh, and then I also get with that, I like their spaghetti casserole, which goes great with okra. It's fine. It's cool. Like some ribeye steak, a salad, a bowl of gummy bears, and an ice cream. And then you have to eat the ice cream first because it might melt. So that's, that's the plan. That's, the problem with the buffet restaurant is there's not really a self-limiting thing to it. You just you go crazy and you don't know what to put on your plate. I'm starting with that kind of story as a metaphor to get us going because here is the way life normally is. Normally, life is full of options. We've got all these things that we could do. The question is, what's most important? What do I need to put on my plate? And what is just going to be waste at the end of the day? But now we're in this weird season of of you know, whatever, uh, social distancing, and we don't have as many options of the things we can do every day, but we still have that same decision to make. What's the most important? Like, What's the thing that I got to focus on that's going to get me through this time and, and make uh, a difference? And so that's why we're talking, starting this teaching series today called A First importance. Uh, The phrase itself comes from the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you want to look that up, we're going to be there in just a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, there's this great phrase as the apostle Paul is talking about the most important element of Christian doctrine and living. Uh, He says, I give you this as a first importance. And what he says in that passage is like, listen, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then everything that we believe right now is a waste of our time. And that's pretty strong words. But it's true. And he defends that through a lot of his writings. I want to read that passage to you, and it's going to be kind of an anchor passage for these three weeks. And uh, we're actually going to read it right now and then go into some other texts and, and understand what we can learn today. And then we'll, we'll eventually dive into that whole text. But if you've got a Bible, open it up, uh, and you'll see it on the screen as well. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4, this is what we get. He says, For what I received... I passed on to you as of first importance, here it is, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So that's it. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is of first importance. Jesus was God in the flesh and he came to give his life as a payment for all the sins of all mankind. That's the gospel. That's the Christian story. That was his mission. And he did it. And he did it by dying through execution on a Roman cross. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, he rose from the dead and over the next two weeks, we'll be talking more and more about the power of that resurrection. In fact, Easter Sunday is the biggest celebration of that that we have every year, and we'll talk about that big. But before Jesus could have achieved the resurrection, and before any of us can get the life that God promises us through Him, something else has to happen first. Death. Death has to happen. And death is sad. We don't like talking about death. I mean, it's part of life, but we'd rather not talk about it. As a kid, uh, I had a classic moment that I think most young boys have. I got a BB gun for Christmas or something, and my dad gave me two rules with the BB gun. He said, rule number one, don't shoot your brother. Rule number two, don't shoot the birds. And I broke both of those rules. (laughs) I shot my brother multiple times and got in trouble, plenty for it. Uh, And I did one time shoot a bird. And it was, man, I was standing in the backyard, had my BB gun. I'm shooting at these little targets I had set up. And then this beautiful blue jay came and just rested on the back fence. And I heard him talking to me. He said, Chris, please shoot me. And I was like, okay, Mr. Bluebird, I will. And I lined up and I pulled the trigger, pop, and bullseye. Like I I completely surprised myself because I hit this blue jay and he just toppled over the back of the fence and... Here's the thing. I had not planned ahead, believe it or not, as like, I don't know, 11-year-old boy. I had not planned ahead what would happen if I actually shot a Blue Jay. And so as I go to the fence, I look over the back. I see his poor little lifeless body laying there, and I immediately felt terrible. I felt horrible. I realized today now that the reason that my dad gave me the rules he gave me, especially about shooting the birds, because this was not a like, fatally mortal wound. Uh, if I shot my brother, it just really hurt really bad. It was a weak BB gun. But if I shot the birds, I would kill them. And what my dad realized is that taking the life of an animal needs to be something that's calculated. You don't just do it willy-nilly. And, and you know, like most 11-year-old boys, I didn't do a lot of calculation with my actions ever. And so I just did it uncalculated. The the thing was dead. And my dad knew that I wasn't ready for those kinds of decisions because death is, is permanent, isn't it? Let's talk about death for just a second. We don't like it, but we need to because it's really important to land at the life that we're going to talk about today as well. By definition, death means separation from You you, you were there in, in a state together, and now you're not. You're separated. And I don't mean to be morbid at all, but a real part of understanding our relationship with God starts with understanding death. God, I mean, death, death is sad, but it's also a vital component to life as we know it. And it doesn't have to be sad. I want to use what we know about physical death, and I want to connect it to spiritual things today, because this morning, I'm not talking about physical death. We're not talking about that Blue Jay, uh, and and you've probably been to a funeral and experienced death of a loved one. That's certainly a a conversation, but that's actually not the conversation going on today, because if we want to be made alive in Christ, like spiritually alive, our soul rejuvenated and united with God, we actually have to choose to die it's a choice we make if we want the grace and the life that god offers then we got to be willing to let go of our old selves get your bibles again let's look at a couple of passages that we hear about here uh again from the apostle paul he writes to the church in colossi colossians chapter 3 and verse 5 colossians 3 5 he says put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature all right there's your sentence Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What is that? What is it that makes us earthly, worldly? Well, he gives us a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Now, if you look at that list, that's like a list of the top favorite things of Las Vegas or uh, socialite society or pop culture. Like, those are the things that drive our world, to a large extent, our economy and our society— And it's because of these things that God's wrath is coming. Verse 7 says, Now you used to walk in these ways, he's talking to a group of Christians here, in the life that you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of such things as these, anger, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. We've got some things we've got to get rid of. We've got to take it off and we've got to put on a new self. There's that death. But there's the promise of life. Again, Paul says some more things. Uh, In Romans chapter six is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Romans chapter six, read that this week, it's great. But in verse six of Romans chapter six, he says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So he even like uses the crucifixion language. He says, listen, when you put your old self down, it's like you're being crucified with Christ. You're making that same sacrifice. You understand that you like life, but you're willing to let that go because of the rest of the life. And we're going to get more into Romans chapter 6 throughout this series. But if we really want to have life through Jesus, we've got to learn to put to death our old ways. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. There it is again. It's about trust. It's about trust. Okay, we're talking about death, but this death is about trust. We could probably take this conversation about death in 10 different ways. It might even just die into your old self. That's a conversation. We could talk about sin and getting rid of sinful behavior, which we are going to touch on in a minute, but that's not the biggest point I want us to make today. We could really go deep and try to understand what happens on a spiritual level because of Jesus' sacrifice. We could do a lot of those things, but it all boils down, I think, to this one word, Trust. Trust. Now, trust is a very similar concept as faith. And in this context, I think we can interchange the word trust and faith. They're a little bit different. Faith uh, insinuates a little bit more action. Trust, maybe not so much um, more mental, but they're very, very similar. They're very interchangeable in their concept. In choosing our life for God, we have got to learn to trust God and take Him at His word and do the things He asks us to do. And one of those things is to die to our old self. I love the movie Aladdin. Uh, Maybe you've seen these uh, March Madness brackets going around right now that are rating the top Disney movies of all time, and Aladdin keeps rising up near the top for most of those brackets. And it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, I love the new remake, by the way. Will Smith killing it. Uh, But so Aladdin, there's this scene, and he's running from these guards. And if you don't know the movie, first of all, shame on you. Shame on you. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, check out the movie Aladdin. But he's running from these soldiers, okay? He's kind of this... um, This street rat, you know, is what he calls himself. And he's running from these soldiers and he's trying to get away. And with him is Princess Jasmine. He doesn't know she's a princess yet. That's a whole part of the story. They're running, they're trying to get away. And they dodge through alleyways and they go up these stairs and they get to the top of this building. And when they get up there, their way is blocked. They have no option but to just jump out of this window or off this building or something. And that's their only way out or turn and, and be captured by, you know, the soldiers. Well, in this moment, Aladdin has a plan. So he looks down at Jasmine, and he reaches out his hand, and he says, say it with me, do you trust me? And she's like, yes, and she jumps because she trusted him. So she was willing to take the jump. When it comes to God, there are so many times when we face a decision or we have to make a change. And the thing I want for us to do this morning is, is understand that when we look at that change, we often have the decision between what I want to do and what God wants to do. Do I do it my way or do it God's way? In our minds, we tend to measure uh, the quality of our life by what we produce. And that's why when we introduce ourselves, we're like, you know, hey, my name's so-and-so, this is what I do. What do you do? Because we're kind of constantly measuring each other. What do you contribute to the world? I mean, are you making a difference? I'm making a difference. And we give ourselves titles. You know, I'm a teacher or I'm a sales associate or I'm a business owner. I have, you know, this degree background. And that's fine. That's great. But what we're doing essentially is we're saying, well, this is what I contribute to society. And as much as we hate to admit it, it is a very big part of how we define ourselves. It is so easy for us to sum up our lives by what we produce in this world. And that leads to this rat race of business and stress and that moment where I was talking about at the very beginning of walking through life with this plate through the buffet, and we're like, what do I put on there? I got I to gotta do the right thing. I got to contribute. I got to make the best decisions. And here's the thing, all the things we pile onto our plate, the name tags that we wear, pick your metaphor, none of those has the power to give us life, to give us true spiritual life. And here's maybe the most important thing that you could hear today, Okay. God does not make his choice to love you based on what you produce in this world. If we ever got the impression that God is impressed by what we can produce, we are wrong. Because he's like, oh, good for you. You know, not like he's like patronizing us, but he's like, look, I made everything, okay? I, you don't have to impress me with what you can do and with what you can contribute to this world. There's something deeper, something more that I want you to be known for. And in fact, the, God chooses his love for us. For this simple reason, he's our father and he created us and he loves us. He even loves us when we're far off his path. He loves us. And he's going to great lengths to prove that. And as I was trying to think of like, what could I possibly say this morning to encourage my church family this morning? I mean, there's a lot of things I could talk about. What I landed on after a lot of prayer and a lot of conversations was this. I believe that God wants you to hear this. God wants you to hear him say, trust me. Trust me. Find rest in me. And in order to do that, you're gonna have to die to yourself. You're gonna have to get up, give up this notion that you've got to fix it, you've got to control it, you've got to produce it. And God says, trust me. And all through the Bible, we see that God is not surprised by our struggle. In fact, he understands it. You know what I believe? I believe that God understands COVID-19. He understands the stress it's putting on you and your family. He understands your unemployment or that maybe you got laid off this week. He understands that you didn't sign up to be a homeschool family. Like, you know, I didn't want to do this. I had another job and we had school figured out, but now I'm doing this other stuff every single day. And I don't know what to do. How do I decide what's most important to put on my plate? And then we pile on the wrong things. He understands that. He's not mad at us for that. He understands that we're all wishing this was over. He knows when it's going to be over, as a matter of fact. He understands your frustration. He understands your fear. He understands that. And, and what's most important, because, of he, because he understands all that, what's most important is he calls us to set us, our eyes on him. Set your eyes on me. Trust me. Jesus talks about this exact same thing in the Bible. And this is a passage I return to very often. I want to encourage you to take a look at it. This is in Matthew chapter 11. I'll start in verse 28. Jesus says it this way. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, that's comforting. But the question is, how do I do that? Here I am standing at the buffet line trying to decide what's most important. How do I take it to God? How do I put it at the feet of Jesus? Well, that's a process, but I I got three things and and you can jot these down. I'm not going to go deep into them, but there are things that are really going to come out more as we do this series. And I think there are three things that we have to do. You have to do these things. Number one, you have to die to yourself. And it's a decision. It's a decision that has to be made. And I don't want to pull any punches here. What we're talking about here is sin and righteousness. We're talking about there is a state of mind where I am okay with sinning and I have to get into my own head and say, I'm not okay with that anymore. I need to put that to death. I need to get it out of my life. And I need to, in in doing that, I need to turn to God and accept the sacrifice of Jesus and die to yourself. And I know that we got a wide variety of people watching this morning, but here's the thing, no matter where you are on that path, you can die to yourself every day. Every day. Maybe you need to do it for the very first time. If If you want to become a Christian, you've never done that, like this is actually a moment you actually decide, I am going to choose to become a Christian. I'm going to choose to die to myself and and understand this new life that Jesus offers. Here's what I invite you to do. Uh, You can make a comment below. Send me a message through our Facebook page or straight to me, chris at jointheventure.com. I would love to start a dialogue with you. And we could talk to you about things like baptism and living out a faithful life and getting over the past. And and maybe you're struggling through an addiction or a bad marriage or whatever it is. We can talk about all those things. But the very first thing before we deal with any of that, before we get the life, we got to choose to die to Ourselves, that's the first thing. The second thing is this we need to fill ourselves with Him, okay? The, the thing where he, He's going to give us life, okay? He gives it's His gift to us. But after we receive that life, we need to begin to pour Him in, pour Him in, pour Him in. There are two ways that I'm going to encourage that there are basic faith 101, but there's nothing better. We need to pray. And we need to be in God's Word, reading the Bible and memorizing the Bible. I love that the kids are challenging us to do this memory verse challenge, and adults, we need to do it too. And I got to tell you, through these last few weeks, as my life and routine have been all mixed up, um, my Bible reading has really suffered because my routine's all messed up. My prayer life is probably better, probably because I feel like I've got a more, you know, personal, urgent thing to be talking to God about. We've got to be in God's word. We've got to be pouring it in, pouring it in, pouring it in, knowing the, root, the truth, dispelling the lies, knowing what God says, writing it on our heart. That's what scripture memorization is, writing the words of God in our heart. So we need to doubt ourselves. We need to pour Jesus in. And the third thing is this we need to also be pouring out. Pouring out. At our church, we call that being a love agent. And what that is, is, is just loving people, it's serving. It's serving. Now, at the end of our time this morning, we're going to share three or so specific ways that you can pour out into our community, specifically uh, responding to COVID-19. But let me just tell you, it's not that hard to find ways to pour out God's love into other people's lives. And so here's my challenge. Since you're trying to pour in this week, add this prayer to your routine. Add this prayer. God, Lord, please show me who I need to pour into. That's it. You might literally be homebound, like you're stuck at your house this week. But that doesn't mean that you can't have someone in your life that you're influencing through a phone call, through a text message, through social media. And I'm challenging you, man. If you do that, God's gonna answer. He's gonna start putting people on your heart, and he's gonna give you some pretty specific ways to answer and, and be ready. Because we're dying to ourselves. He might say, you know what? So and so lost their job. Maybe I should dig into my savings and help them out with their rent this week. Right? I mean that's hard, that's hardcore stuff. But you can start in small ways just loving the people in your house and trying to control your attitude the best you can and uh, you know, help your spouse who maybe does all the cooking and you're like, hey, I, I want to help you because I know things are different. Let me help with the cooking this week or, or whatever it is. Pray for that and God will show you a way. We need to pour out, die to ourselves, pour in and pour out. It's of first importance. Now we're going to return to the First Corinthians passage because of, of true first importance is the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. But before we can even uh, embrace all of that, I mean, it's already happened. That's done. We have to start to adapt this mindset of, I've got to die to myself so that I can live. Because in John chapter 10, Jesus says, I came so that they might have life to the full. That's why he came. He didn't come to be a stick in the mud to ruin your routine. He came to rejuvenate you and give you life. And... uh, if we can choose Jesus, if we can lay down our own self and we can start to live for Him, everything changes. That's of first importance. Let me pray for you this morning.